You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hi, friends, and welcome back to today's podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Charlotte. Charlotte is a business owner. She owns Turley Jewelers here in Pinecrest. She's also the mother of two awesome kids. She is the incredible daughter to two incredible parents, which I happen to love and admire much. She's also a lover of God's word. Charlotte is my friend and she lost her husband, Eddie, four and a half years ago to cancer and I was able to witness her working through that loss as a caretaker and as a mother and a wife at the time. And today we just wanted to come in and talk a little bit about who Jesus is in our areas of void and lack. So we're just going to talk about trusting Jesus as your husband and your friend. Welcome, Charlotte. Thank you, Lisa. I'm excited to talk about this today. So let's start off with you reading the verse from Isaiah. Okay. Uh, the Lord gave me this verse and it is Isaiah 54, 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Wow, that's powerful and it's a lot so let's I'm going to ask you to go ahead and break it down step by step and tell us why that verse is so precious to you as my husband was diagnosed with stage four cancer in October of 2016 he had stage four colon cancer that had spread to his liver and the lymph nodes in his spine and in his lungs I had a lot of responsibilities I was homeschooling my two children um, in seventh and third grade and, and then we had our own business, the jewelry store, and our manager had quit at the time. And so I had to take on not only all of his care, understanding what the doctors were saying and, you know, the kids and putting them back in school because I was homeschooling them and all of that. And, and the Lord gave me this verse to encourage me for your maker is your husband. And who is my maker? He is the Lord Almighty. Uh, the Holy One of Israel is my Redeemer, and He is called the God of all the earth. And so, for me, even though in that in that dark time of my life when my husband was diagnosed, I kept meeting with the Lord. I kept getting up and claiming that His promises were true in Jesus Christ, holding on to that. Yes. So let's go back really quick to 2016. Okay. Eddie wasn't diagnosed and then it was stage four. He was diagnosed right off the bat. It was shocking. Eddie was how old? 40? 49. He had just 40. turned 49. He was 49 years old. And I remember, I remember that day being in the hospital thinking, you know, it's probably just a blockage. Like we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And then the doctors came in and said, well, he's got colon cancer and it's stage four. And that was like a ton of bricks for everybody. But who more for you than at that moment, the person that you were able to 
rely on to run the business and to show up when you need help with the kids and be your spouse mm -hmm. was now completely and totally dependent on you. Yes. So walk me through that day a little bit. So I actually remember talking to you as I was pulling up in the garage of the hospital to tell my husband that he had cancer. We had, uh, I'd heard it from the doctors and we were going to tell him together. And, uh, you explained it to me like a dinner plate, like it was like mashed potatoes and the gravy was running into the meat and the meat, and it was all mixed together with the stage four. And I remember that conversation vividly because it, it just helped me understand in a simple way what was happening to my husband. And I remember feeling so powerless, helpless, overwhelmed, lost, and in darkness. And for someone who meets with God every day, who reads scripture, who prays, who worships, it was a very terrifying experience not to feel the presence of God in that moment. And so then the next thing we know, we were thrown into doctor's appointments and treatments and trying to support your children. And honestly, I always think of your mom and dad because they are such strong supporters of their children and grandchildren and even Eddie. But at that moment, you kind of, you're trying to balance everything and even, you know, supporting them as well. So yeah. you became yes. everybody's supporter. Yes. And had to really yes. just rely on God for, for your strength and your support. And I'm glad you said that, Charlotte, because a lot of people think that Christians believe or that we think or that we say, well, you come to Christ and your life is perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, well, I have God and so everything's okay. Well, there's times of that he's silent. There's times that's very dark, scary. It's not that we don't go through those times. It's that when we go through those times, even if we can't see and feel him, we're aware of his presence, right? Correct. And it, it is, and it's, and even if I can't feel his presence in that moment, like I remember dark mornings where I could not find him, you know, and I was desperate. And I, I just said, I'm just going to keep meeting him. Because in, in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 120, it says all his promises are yes and amen in Christ. And so I, I would just trust the character of God and his heart when I could not see his hand. And like you said, it was very overwhelming because I had to manage so many different things. And I'm not an organized person, which is kind of funny because I'm a homeschool mom and I was running a business and I was managing his care. And like you said, my parents are a huge help to me, but also they're a responsibility for me as well. And so uh, he has taught me to take it one moment at a time. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that he taught me is that I can't even now today with things going on in, in, in my world, I can't look at the future and do the what ifs. Mm -hmm. When Eddie was diagnosed, I couldn't look at the what if of when he dies. Uh, what if when I'm alone as a parent, when I, I just had to live in the moment and hold on to the hem of Jesus garment in the moment, right? Because if you live in the future and the what ifs, you, your heart 
becomes enveloped in worry and fear and insecurity. It's just a matter of trusting Jesus in this moment. Yes. And can you talk a little bit about the process? Just the first few months when we were doing treatment and figuring out, you know, how are we going to move forward? How did Jesus really start to show up for you in those times? He, it's interesting because I, as I mentioned, I couldn't feel him for a while. And then uh, I don't remember the day, but then it felt like the darkness was lifting, not because of anything that was happening around me. I had to tell my nine-year-old son and my 12-year-old daughter that their father was, had cancer. I had to manage these things. And he was faithful in holding my hand, giving me direction in the questions that I had showing up through friends like yourself and doctors who were friends that could help me understand what was happening, providing a new manager that has been such a, an incredible blessing through my husband's illness and passing today that he's, I know he was sent from God. And so I think those small things and some are bigger and the provision, because when you do own your own business, it's, it's a month to month kind of thing. Your, your, you know, your sales, your, your productivity, what's happening. And my husband couldn't work as much as he did before. And so God showed up in so many different ways and, and used my parents and friends and to, to help me see that he was, he was there. And then I watched you start planning the end. And Eddie was very involved with all of that, choosing the songs and choosing the scriptures, I believe. Yes. And I know that that is a great comfort now, but my goodness, what excruciating pain at the time that must have been because you're actually, you know, having that discussion with the person. We always want to protect people and don't tell them so they won't know and they won't be scared. But you were very upfront and honest as Eddie was a young, intelligent young man. And um, how did that how did that work out? Well, one night specifically stands out for me and it, I had had the help of yourself and many other friends and family to plan a, a concert for him that meant so much to him was, was called The Rock and the Rabbi. And it's an off-Broadway musical, incredible soundtrack if you ever. Just for the time frame, the that's when he yes. was still alive. Um, and That's well. when he was still alive. It was October 15th and he died November 17th. So of 2017. And so we had this huge party at the church and the concert, and it was a very difficult weekend getting him prepared for that. And so that evening we were laying in bed and he said to me, I feel death coming. I feel death in my body. And so that was the time when we just started discussing things. We discussed his his service and the songs that he wanted and we discussed the scriptures and he just wanted to make sure that we held on to the promises of God through those difficult moments of saying goodbye so it was it was a sweet time it was a a, a tender time to be able to embrace that nightmare 
is what it is, but to embrace it together and to, and walk with each other in those moments. Right. And I think maybe you can talk more about this, but I think as all marriages have problems and issues, I think that that was a very sweet time that God kind of used to bring a little bit of healing and some deep communication and connection in your marriage as you prepared to surrender that. Yes, I, marriage is difficult for most people. And so there are a lot of issues that a lot of times you don't discuss with each other and you don't have conversation with. And he and I were able to really work through this monumental issue and problem and mountain together. Whereas other times in our marriage, smaller things, we couldn't figure out. Mm. (laughs) So, you know, we didn't always have the best communication, but through this difficult disease, we were able to communicate more clearly about the things we wanted for the future. We had tough conversations about high school for our kids and how I was going to have to parent by myself um, through high school with our children and how I wished he would be there. And so we were able to have some really beautiful conversations towards the end about what life would hold after he was gone. Right. And then he, I remember, I don't know if I'm skipping over too much, but I remember there was a watch show that he wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And I think you told him not to, to go. And he went to the watch show, and when he came back, he kind of very quickly, he kind of overdid himself maybe. I mean, God knows the timing, and our death is, is written just like our life is, our birth. So it was Saturday, November 11th. He died on the Friday, November 17th. And uh, he he wanted to go to this watch show. He provided very well for us. We were provided for very well. And that was his identity is, was providing and working and, and making, making sure that we were taken care of. And so he worked for two weeks preparing for this watch show because he dealt and previously enjoyed Rolexes and things like that. And so he was going to the show to buy and sell and exchange things and He had a lot of different parts and what have you. So he was pricing them. And the week before the Wednesday, I remember specifically before that watch show, he slept until 2.30 in the afternoon. And when I woke him up, he asked me what time it was. And when I told him, tears just started streaming down his face. And he said, but I wanted to go to work. I wanted to go to work. And so he worked like the the night before until like 11 o'clock at night. And it was scary for me because he was on morphine and he was dealing with machines. And, but I don't know if you all have husbands and you know, they're pretty stubborn and they don't listen very much to our advice. So he didn't do that. He went that day to the watch show. He wouldn't let me go with him. He wouldn't let me. So he went with our nephews and they took care of him, but he's, that was his last good day. And he, he died the following Friday, but those days in between were really, really hard. And that first day that he didn't get out of bed, that first day after the show, he was home, he was in bed, he was in pain. Did you recognize that that was the end coming? Yes, I did. And I I had to call the hospice doctor and I had to ask him, I need in-home care. And so 
I knew that that the time was close. I just didn't know how close. Right. And how many days was it? Sunday. Six days. And what were the conversations like? I know he was slept a lot more, but he was up for little periods here and there. And what were those conversations like? He really did stop speaking after the watch show. Like there was very little conversation. He would try to get up and I would say, are you going to, are you trying to get up to go to work? And he would nod his head. He didn't have a lot of, like his communication just kind of shut down. So it wasn't a lot of conversations. It was more just, I'm thirsty or I have to go to the bathroom, things like that. And towards the end, he couldn't even, he just moaned in pain. So there weren't a lot of conversations. I do remember when one friend specifically came to visit him, he opened his arms wide and smiled to see that friend. So he was conscious of things and we were Mm -hmm. able to talk to him and he would nod, but it wasn't a lot of conversation. Right. And so then the Lord called Eddie home. Yes. And then, and then what? It was interesting. The house was full of people when he was sick. And then it was empty. And the kids and I really had to wrestle with the reality of being just three. Mm -hmm. And I remember many moments, uh, but one specifically of, we went on a cruise that we promised him that we would go on with his family, a Disney cruise. And I'm in the cabin with my kids and they're sleeping. And I look at them and I am just overwhelmed with the idea that I am completely and solely responsible for their little lives. And a friend of mine spoke to me who had also lost her husband three weeks after Eddie passed. And she said, Charlotte, we're not single moms because that denotes that there's a father somewhere playing some role, whatever, however large or small that is in the children's life, but that we are only parents. And that truth is very awesome and, and uh, foreboding and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me about how God has shown up since then? In so many ways, in a thousand different ways, he has shown up through you picking us up the next day to take us after Eddie died to, uh, to get our nails done our hair done and Mel sending her friend to get nails done and through people showing up with meals and uh, through provision when I thought that there wasn't going to be any provision. And each morning meeting with him and he gives me scripture. He gives me his word. He gives me his heart and he shows up in faithful ways every day. And it seems like the mountains never become valleys, mm-hmm. but somehow I have the strength because I hold on to him when I'm opening the jewelry store in the morning and I'm running late or both of my parents get COVID or my daughter it struggles with mental illness or my son is 14 and all of these things seem very overwhelming. Uh, but he shows up to speak to me, even through 
finances, losing money, losing investments, and him assuring me that my security is not in money, but my security is in him. And he has taught me to look around each day for his faithfulness and for his provision and his love. And I have learned to surrender to him every day. And sometimes it's a minute by minute surrender. Mm -hmm. And I plead with the Holy Spirit to give me the strength to surrender whatever mountain or obstacle is in my way in that moment. And I guess I would, the biggest thing I, I, I wanted to get across is that he is my husband and he is the father to my children mm -hmm. and he is faithful. And some days I feel so completely lost, but he finds me. He cannot leave us or abandon us. No. And in those darkest, loneliest, most difficult moments, maybe not in the moment, but I think after the moment, we can look back and trace his love letter to us. And of course, you can say, this is, these are very painful. Your life, like all of our lives, is not perfect. It's, it's not a, oh, and we lived happily ever after. It's a, we constantly struggle. There's two children involved who have lost their father. They're your parents who are hurting not only for their daughter at the loss of her husband, but you hurt for your grandkids at the loss of their, their father. And then you hurt for yourself because, you know, there's sadness all around. There's sadness enough for everybody. But thank God that you have parents that trust God and are able to redirect you. Thank God you have a brother that I'm so thankful for because he really has shown up in the most tangible ways. Like he's so present in your children's lives and not everybody has that. But no. it's important to say that even if you don't have that, then, you know, God is there in that void. In Amen. that dark place, God is there. The question is, can you quiet yourself and draw near to him and watch him in turn draw near to you? And I think, Charlotte, you've, you're a great example of just putting one step in front of the other, trusting God. And you talked a lot about surrender. And I just want to ask you, can you describe like what a surrender look like? Like how to, for somebody that's listening that says, I, I don't know how to surrender. What does that mean? Does that mean giving up? What does surrender look like when it's in the daily troubles of life? So... Jesus says in the New Testament that we are to die to ourselves, to pick up our cross and follow him. And so if we think about the cross, it was a brutal way to die. It was a criminal way to die. And we are to surrender ourselves as Jesus surrendered to the father, which seems daunting and impossible. So I don't look at it in that regard, but I do understand what he did for me. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane was desperate and sad and crying out to the, to the father to take this cup from him, to take the cross from him, that he would not have to go through it. And he was saddened until the point of death. And so I'm always in awe of what he did for me. So when we understand what Jesus gave up for us, what we understand, how he sacrificed himself, how he surrendered himself to the Lord. Then in my moments, 
of wanting something to like, I, I often think I'm smarter than God. And so I know how something should go in a much better way than, than he does. I think sometimes he's mishandling things and he, and he, and he doesn't (laughs) understand what needs to happen. And I, I like to give him suggestions on how might this go much better if you just did it my way. And so those are the things I have to surrender. I have to surrender when you're raising teenagers, the idea of, of who you want your children to be. And I, and I don't say that to say that I'm not extremely proud of my children and and honored to be their mother. You know, it's just difficult with teenagers. And so I have to surrender that. I have to surrender my idea of who or the choices that my children will make and my fears. Like I said before, I surrendered the thoughts of the future, the what ifs, and I rest my mind on Jesus. And I rest my mind on his promises. So, and he'll give me a word that for the day that will encourage me. The other day it was in in regards to money and it was in Hebrews 13, five and six and says, don't love money, but be happy with what you have. Because God said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Wow. Like so powerful. A reminder of who your provider truly is. Yes. Like so powerful. Like it was just incredible that he gave me that because I have so many financial concerns and things for the future that I'm looking at taking care of. And Charlotte, be happy with what you have, because I have said, I will never leave you nor or, or abandon you. Um, and, he, and he gave me in Psalm 107 just yesterday. And it was so beautiful. He's like, let me see if I can find it. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calmed, calm and he guided them to their desired haven. And the, the whole Psalm does that. They cried out to God in, in their distress. He brought them out of it. And these are his promises. And so maybe he doesn't bring us out the way that we think would be the best way, the way we would like to direct him to, but that's what I surrender to him, that I, I surrender all of what I think is best and fill my heart with what he believes is best, which comes from his word. And I try to take each thought that I have captive to the person of Jesus Christ and what he did for me so that I can rest in him in that moment of distress. And I think as we're talking about surrender, I think even the loss of Eddie, even the loss, you know, we prayed for healing. And like you said, God didn't follow our instructions mm-hmm. as we as we designed. But there's a point where you have to accept what we cannot control. Accept it and let it go. Like I was just reading a quote that I shared with Mel today on another podcast that said, forgiveness is giving up all hope for a better past. Mm. Giving up all hope for a better past. Wow. Moving past, you know, Lord, I wish things would have worked out different. I wish I would have had a miracle and change and transformation. And I wish you would have done all of these things. But but can we come to a place where we can forgive the person who we've lost 
for any mistakes or weaknesses they have had that maybe we didn't get acknowledgement of and even can we forgive God and that's like what what do you you know whether you're a Christian or not that's that's very strange thing why would I forgive God he's God but there comes a point where you have to forgive God for being his sovereign sovereign all-knowing God who also is loving and caring and meets us in that brokenness but you have to come to a place of surrender letting it go accepting this is this is what life is right now and then where do I place my hope I place my hope in such a joyful reunion like I imagine when I get to heaven and I only knew Eddie for a few years but I imagine he's going to be on the welcoming committee when I get there he's going to be giving me a high five and a hug I mean just thinking about that where is our hope is our right. hope in a cure for cancer here? Yes, I do pray and hope that there's a cure for cancer here. I'm a cancer survivor. I'm thankful. But can my hope be transferred to, listen, this life is temporary, but eternity is forever and ever and ever. And man, what a hope we have stored up for us, waiting for us because of the sacrifice that we have in Jesus Christ. And I know that Eddie. I remember his funeral and the verses that he wanted shared and that you wanted shared were based on that foundation. Eddie was saved not because of how good he was. None of us are saved because we're good. We are saved because we are chosen, forgiven, and we've accepted Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. Correct? That's that's absolutely correct. And I, I read... I believe it was Randy Alcorn. He's a Christian author and he recently lost his wife, Nancy, to cancer. And he was speaking about how we're on one shore and we are sending off our loved ones who die onto the water and we're waving goodbye, but they arrive on another shore. So they're not gone. It's just that they've gone to another shore where it's beautiful and it's, we're in the slums and they're in the country club, right? you know, and, and when they get there, they're no longer stricken with cancer. No. Which should really motivate us to share the gospel and the good news of Jesus and his sacrifice with everyone, because not everyone's going to arrive on those shores. No, it's very true. And that separation from God and his goodness is, is devastating and it's permanent. So that is so powerful and true. It is, it is my heart's desire. And I know that I fail every day in showing the love of Christ and who Jesus is and, and how he works in my life every day. And so I think it's important to note that even if we don't live a perfect life, even if we don't, you know, my husband was not a perfect man there. He left us broken in a thousand pieces and not because of his cancer. And so, you know, we, we had to really grapple with how do we heal from that? Because he was never able to reconcile those things. And, and it's, it's been beautiful to watch uh, my daughter go through a journey of incredible pain and anguish, poor choices, things that have led her on a path to to experience healing this year. And so when we had her graduation last Sunday, she said something so powerful to me. She said, I just missed my dad. I wasn't angry with him. 
for this or that. I was just able to actually miss him mm. and be sad he wasn't there and not be angry with him. Yes. And that was such a beautiful answer to prayer for me. And, uh, and it did not come without pain and a journey filled with rocky roads and cliffs that dropped off and, and very difficult moments. Yeah. But she is able now to accept the healing that she was offered. And uh, that's another small miracle of the Lord. Well, not very small, but that we've experienced in this trial and seeing how he shows up. Well, Charlotte, I want to say that it's really been an honor of mine to watch your journey that you openly have shared with those in your life. You've had some really, really tough times, as we all have. You've had some very painful experiences. The journey to today has been a steep one. Mm-hmm. And and you've allowed you've allowed others to peek in and watch God show up for you and watch God carry you through the days that you didn't think you'd be able to walk, that you didn't think you'd be able to get out of bed. And I've watched you faithfully be steadfast and immovable. And that might sound strange because man, it's been tough, but you're steadfast and immovable in your faith. You openly share. I always tell Charlotte, she's like a walking Bible concordance because you can tell her any, any scripture and she knows it. And that's great in life. That's great. I think everyone should memorize scripture, but it doesn't matter if it's only in your head. If the scripture doesn't dwell in your heart and create change and hope and strength, then it's just words in your head. But I've watched you memorize these verses through the years. I've watched you memorize these verses and I've watched them penetrate your heart. And then I've watched those seeds get planted and then, and then the flowers open up and bring new life and new hope. And you're a pretty strong chick because I know it's because Jesus lives in you. But I'm honored to be your friend, and I'm thankful that you were able to share a little bit of your story today. I hope that this is one of many podcasts that we can do together as you continue to walk this road that God's placed you on. And is there anything you'd like to say to somebody who maybe needs encouragement today because they're in a very painful marriage, or they find themselves without a husband or without um, a father for their kids for whatever reason. Yes, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to share and thank you for being my friend. And I would just like to say to anyone who's in a painful marriage where you feel alone in your marriage, lost, maybe abused, scared, or you're a single mom or an only parent and your children are wayward or they're going through difficult times that God does show up. You can scream at him. You can yell at him and say, where are you? And I don't understand what's happening. But I promise that if you continue to seek him in the morning moments, in the evening moments, in the afternoon moments, whenever you have a moment to read his word, he will show up for you. And he will be your husband. He is my husband, my provider, my friend, the father to my children. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, will never leave me or abandon me. 
And so just keep showing up to meet him and he will meet you where you are. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and thank you for listening. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?